Well, tonight, I'm so happy to be here. Amen. I'm always happy to be here. And yes, I am. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who minister unto the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I tell you what, I've said that scripture more than you probably like to believe. The Lord is the strength of my life. When I say that scripture in Psalm 27, 1, I see him strengthening every cell and fiber and muscle of my body. The Lord is the strength of my life. I'd say it when I was half dead, you know. Every time I'd say it, I'd get a little stronger. Amen? Amen. So, tonight, uh, is Justin in here or did he fly the coop? Do Do you know what to do as far as hitting that little video that he... Okay, go ahead. I'd like to show you a snippet of just the last 30 seconds of the last three nights because it has to do with my sermon. Can you turn up the sound, Sonny Man? Is there sound? I don't know if y'all saw what was on Facebook or Instagram a couple nights ago. That was, that was awesome. But, you know, tonight, I, I, I named the title of this, Is This Really Necessary? And that's, that's kind of where I'm going tonight. And I actually ministered this a little bit at the retreat. But we had a Holy Ghost move of God in this place the last couple days. And, you know, <clears throat> sometimes people struggle with what's going on and ask, why does this really have, why do I need to be here? You know, and is this really necessary? And even if you don't struggle with that, you might know someone who does. You might know a friend or a family member that does. And I know that when I, when I got these verses inside of me, they helped me because I'm more of a logical person. You know, I am. I'm just going to tell you the truth about me. I want to know that I know that I know that I can see it in the word. And sometimes I don't see everything in the word right away. Um, but, I, but I feel God and, and I've learned to respond even when I haven't found it in the word. Justin, can you make sure that that's on manual so that thing doesn't jump back up to 80 degrees? Thank you. And so tonight I want to talk about what happened these last couple days. Is it necessary? All the laughing, all the shouting, all the running, all the jumping for joy, all the laying on of hands, the words you know, of knowledge, the words of wisdom prophecy, things given. Is it really necessary? Well, I'm telling you, it's not necessary unless it's necessary. And um, tonight, I want to just talk to you a bit bit about Acts 2.17. Is it 2.17 or 15? He says, 2.17 says, um, I will pour out my spirit. No, 2.15 says, for these are not drunk, as you suppose. Sin is only the third hour of the day. But I believe it's 2.17 says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will pour out, Ephesians 5.17 says, therefore don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand tonight what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or debauchery, which that means do not be drunk with wine as it only leads into dissipation. That means it leads into um, great lack of moral character and judgment. Amen? Sensualness, lewdness, that's what dissipation means. It leads you that direction. So he's telling us, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled. And in another translation, it says, be being filled. It doesn't mean the initial filling of the Holy Spirit here. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Um, in in first, uh, 
in Acts, it says, like it says, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's the only third hour of the day. There is a reason in Acts, he, Peter said that to everybody. These are not drunk as you would suppose. Well, what does a drunk person look like? Why did he have to tell the group they're not drunk as you would think so? Because what did they look like? They looked like they could have been drunk on some new wine. Now, in this situation, I believe he's referring to, you know, happy drunks. Okay? Laughter, joy, shouting, you know, craziness, but happy craziness. I've known some drunks that were mean drunks. But that's because, you know, whatever's inside of them to, to the most comes out when that happens. So he said, do not, you know, they, they are not drunk as you would think they are, right? But they were being filled with the spirit. They were, they were talking in other languages. They were, they were babbling to them, but they were talking in other languages. And in some, in the fort, they, they were speaking their own tongue, the praises of the Lord. Amen? So right there, it shows you in Ephesians 5, in Acts 2, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled. So why, why wouldn't he say something else other than drunk? Don't, but be filled. Well, what does filled with the Spirit look like? What does that really look like? And that's what you have to ask yourself. If he's telling you not to be drunk with wine, but on the other hand, he's saying, be filled with the Spirit, what is he trying to tell you? That there could be some laughter and some joy and some similarities of what you might see in a happy drunk by being filled with the Spirit. Except the good part is you don't have a hangover to deal with when you wake up. You're full of the joy of the Lord and the energy of God and the strength of God. Amen? So, you know, so here's what happens. So many churches, and I'm going to go over this today, actually, um, they'll say this, I want Jesus, but I don't know about this Holy Ghost guy, this bird, this dove. I want salvation. We want to preach salvation, but we don't know about this Holy Ghost bird dove thing. We don't need all that excess. Then others will say, that are spirit-filled, that have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They'll say, we want the Holy Ghost, but we don't want excess. No, they, they, they're okay with speaking in tongues a little bit here and there, but they'll say, I want the Holy Ghost, the baptism, but I don't want the gifts. I don't want the outward demonstration of what's going on. So, Here's where we are today, and you need to understand this. My husband and I are going to contend for a move of the Spirit in this church. Because you say, I want this Jesus guy, but I don't want the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, this is who I'm sending you. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. That's the change agent here on earth. You don't get Jesus here on earth. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He's up in heaven, sitting on the right hand of the Father. He says, I'm going to send you. He says, I have to go away. It's for your benefit that I go away because if I don't go away, I can't send you the comforter. And the comforter is going to be able to be with every one of you. At the same time, be your comforter, be your standby, be everything you need him to be. And you're looking at this going, I want the Jesus guy and I don't want who you sent on the earth as the change agent. That's not good. And here you guy, you got a Holy Ghost. You have someone inside of you that's got gifts. He's got gifts and he wants to give them to the church. Do you want this church to be solely run on human effort, talents, and reasoning? Or do you want it to be run supernaturally where the Holy Ghost comes in a place and says a thing to somebody that nobody knows about, but that person needed it at that time? Do you want a supernatural church or do you want a natural church? Because they've, they've built some pretty big, good, good natural churches. A lot of human effort. A lot of talent in those churches. And they love Jesus they're born again. They go out in the streets and witness. I'm not saying anything about that, but they've said, no, we don't want this guy in our services. 
we'll put them behind the closed doors. Well, the reason that the Corinthian church, the reason that there's so much said about the gifts of the Spirit, because they were they were enriched in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, but they needed to be. They, they, they needed some guidance on operating and how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit because they were operating greatly in that. But they needed that in the, in the society that they lived in. They lived in, I mean, that whole, that whole, that whole place was built on Aphrodite, the goddess of sex. You know, that whole industry was sex. It was drunkenness and fierce competition because that's where the games were held. So many of these people, when Paul started this church, many of these people came out of that lifestyle and they were still living it in the church. And he's like, what would happen is that these things would be brought to light by the gifts of the spirit. You know, do, do, if we just run our church by human effort and talent that God's given us and nothing comes to light, Things are happening in the spirit. Things are happening behind the scenes and nothing ever comes to light. Our church is going to die. Yes. That's true. That's true. And that is why many of these big churches sometimes, you're going to hear something here, something here, something there, something there. There's, there's, a, there's a fall. There's a lack of moral character. Because your human efforts and your reasonings and your talents are not going to keep your moral character. Amen. Amen. I'd rather have... Uh, a church full of people that are, are holy as God is holy. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the fact perfect. Your spirit's perfect, but your body and your mind is not. Okay? So yes, you're perfect in your spirit. But he, in that scripture, he's saying act holy as I am holy. And you have the right, you have the ability to do that. Amen? So I want the Holy Spirit to move in this church. Well, what does that look like? Because I know that people get uncomfortable yeah, when people start running around the room, yeah. when people start cackling in a service, <laughs> when pastor says something, and then they keep laughing. Yeah. And like, Sh why don't that lady shut up? I'm going to tell you what's going on. So you can tune it out and zone in and let the Holy Ghost reveal some stuff to you. Why is it? Why is it that it's okay when we come, when Publishers Clearinghouse shows up at your door with a million dollars and you're jumping everywhere, woo, and you're crying and you're, all these emotions coming out, going crazy because you just want a million dollars. But if, but, but who is God? Who's God? God can do things for you without ever there being an exchange of money. God can do things for your body without ever being an exchange of any doctor's hands on you. God can do things for you that no other man can do for you. Yes, he has. So who is he? When, when, when things start moving and the energy of God and the Holy Ghost comes in here and someone starts getting energized and filled with the Spirit, their body, because you're a three-part being, your body is not always going to contain that. And so everybody reacts differently to the moving of the Spirit. And when, they, when that comes and that corporate anointing comes, they act different according to their personality, according to whatever they prayed and believing God for. Let me tell you about me. I don't like to make a spectacle of myself. That's me. That's my personality. Okay? I, I just, I don't care to do that. Some people don't care. But here's the deal. Years ago... Years ago, years ago, years ago, we've been here 30 years, so I'm going to safely say this was 25 years ago. I was up on a stage in the old building. I can remember the dress I was wearing, the long blue dress. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. You know, and a couple Sundays before, I was up singing, and the power of God came in that building. Because we were lifting up Jesus. Wherever we lift up Jesus oh, yes. with all of our hearts, the glory of God comes in. Because he just comes in. The Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. So when we start singing and worshiping Jesus, his glory just swoops in and it starts working in people. And so the, 
So my feet on stage got really hot. They got hot. I thought someone turned to like a dancing chicken. I thought someone turned the stove up underneath my feet. And I started doing this just to get the, the, it wasn't painful, but it was hot. So I'm trying to get away from the heat. So I'm doing this and I'm just, man, I, I, I'm just like, my God, I've never danced in the spirit my whole life. I watched my husband dance like a chicken. (laughs) He did it. I mean, okay, but I never did it. So, you know, he didn't camp meeting, you know. I'm like, he walked out of the stands and went down there, and Brother Hagin pointed to him. He just danced like a chicken. It's crazy, you know, but I never did it. So here the heat hits my feet, and I'm doing this, and the Lord says, dance. And I knew I could dance it out if I would obey him. I'm like, I don't, want, I don't want to do this in front of all these people. I got a guitar. I got chords. I got a piano. I got and people on the stage. He's like, dance. Dance. And I didn't do it. And I went home, and I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. It happened again on a Sunday morning. And I, I disobeyed him. But, man, God was all over me. The third time, it happened a third time, and the Lord spoke to me as the fire started running up my legs. He said, if you don't do it this time, what I had for you will not be broken off of you. Bam. I mean, that's as fast as I heard it. Just like, boom. I I lit out. I don't know whether Kenny, I don't know whether he was there or whether he remembers. I don't know. But I just lit out and I just started dancing like nobody's business. It wasn't hard. I mean, I don't even know. I was flying across the stage. I don't know. My chord never got out of my guitar. I guess it was a long chord. Nothing ever happened bad, but I ended up almost dumping myself on top of the baby grand piano, you know, but I didn't. Everything was fine. From that point on, the spirit of timidity was broken off me. And so Satan tested me. The next Sunday morning, I walk in the church and a couple of people walk up to me and they said, we can't wait to see the Lisa dance show today. And it, it just made me mad. And I said, Lord, now that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Because they didn't get squat out of it. Mm-mm. Here they are. Now they're standing back there watching to yeah. see what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And that makes me mad. Yeah. And he's like, that's no concern of yours. Amen. Your obedience to me is all that counts. Did you want timidity broken off you? Do you want to obey me up on that stage? Do you want healing to come to you in this area to where you're never afraid about what people think about you again? He said, well, then don't worry about it. What, what their business is between me and them. What they say to you means nothing. You just obey me. And that's the story I was going to tell at the end, but y'all needed that. That was free. Amen. So when you see me, God works through different people, different ways. So with me and the office I stand in, there are times I get up there in worship and the fire starts hitting my feet and my legs and I got to get off the piano or get off the guitar or whatever. I just need to stop playing because I have, I have learned that sometimes that brings a glory in. I I don't know what it does. It may break something in Teresa's life. It may not be for me. If he says, Dan, I'm going to dance because that's the one thing in my life that I don't want to do. And, and he, every so, every so often reminds me, are you going to obey me? Here's the fire. Let's go. I want to break something off this church. I want to break something off these people. I want to break something. I want to move something in the spirit. And your dancing is just obedience to that. You know? So when the fire of God hits me, that's how I respond. Because it's burning. My feet are burning. I can't lay my my feet on you. So I just dance it out. Amen? (laughs) Yeah. That... He hasn't told me to lay my feet on you. So here's the thing. Being filled with the Spirit. It's an outward demonstration of what's happening inward. 
Being filled with the Holy Ghost is an outward demonstration of what's happening inside of you. Then we're going to talk about it in the reverse, about stepping out in faith. Because sometimes you see people running and you guys are sitting back going, I know those people aren't being filled, hit with the Holy Ghost. They're just running because everybody else is running in that train. We're going to talk about that. So don't let me forget to, to, to bring that up. There is a genuine being hit with the Holy Ghost and the fire of God or whatever, and you can't contain it. You either cry with tears or you're whirling or dancing or screaming or shouting. It's however it comes out of you. It's just a demonstration of something God is doing inside of you. If somebody's on the corner over here laughing in the Holy Ghost, they just got a revelation of something. And they're happy about it. The Holy Ghost is just manifesting through them that way. Amen? Amen. 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 It needs to come second nature to us. Amen? So, let's go to a couple of scriptures. Isaiah 40, 31. I've already quoted that. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I've got somebody in our church actually calling me. Isn't that funny? Those who wait on the Lord. I don't have a clock back there anymore. So (laughs) I don't know when to start and I don't know when to end, but I want to know when to start and end. So that's me. So those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The Bible says another translation, they'll swap strength with God. Your strength for his. It shouldn't, that's not rocket science. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Bible says we're going to run and not be weary. If you can't run today in this place and you can't walk without any hindrance, you need to start saying, I shall run and not be weary. I shall walk and I shall not grow faint. Amen. So it's about spending time with the Lord. That's all we're doing in here. We're coming in here going, God, what do you want to do corporately? Because there's things he wants to do corporately in this local body of believers. Because you may not believe this, but the local church is the greatest entity on earth. And like Cindy said, it's true. You should be asking, Lord, where is my body? of believers that I need to be in, hooked up in. Where's my body? That's the first, not, not follow the money trail. My, my boss sent me to Indiana because I'm getting a raise. Don't, don't be moved by that. Just say, Lord, first, where's my local body of believers that I'm supposed to be hooked up into? And you need to be close enough where you don't have to forsake the assembling of yourself. I believe that if you'll seek him for that local body that you're supposed to be hooked up, then that provision and that money trail follows that. Knowing where you're supposed to be in a local body and what you're supposed to be doing for the Lord is your job. Your vocation may involve other things, but the money trail always follows and the supply comes from this pastor. And it comes from Jesus, the head, coming down through him and the gifts. And if you're not in the right local body, you're in trouble. And if you're not in the body at all, never going to church, you're really in trouble. So that's not my sermon tonight. So listen, I'm called to this church. There's a lot of places that I'd like to be right now. And other places. And there have been places earlier on in our life that we could really do and and make an effect in this community. We tried to do that in Alaska. Man, they need help. They need Jesus. Oh, my God, they need Jesus. And we talked ourselves into the fact that there's a church on every corner here. In America, these Indians are dying. They're just dying out there. Nobody, there's not a church on this island worth a hoot. We talked ourselves right into being great Alaskan <laughs> pastors. <laughs> oh, gosh. And the Lord spoke to us both he will, he will separately. <laughs> Same morning when we both woke up, separately, he told me, don't ever speak to me about Alaska again. He told him, shut up about Alaska. <laughs> That's just how he talks to him. Shut up about Alaska. 
Yeah. And he said, you can visit there anytime you want. He says, I don't care. You can go on vacation. You can visit. I'll bless you with that. But you cannot leave Word of Life until I say you can. And I'm looking at all of you tonight saying, I'm not telling you what to do. But I am saying this. We're called to a local body. And so are you. You don't get to choose. You don't get to move to, you don't get to, move to North Carolina because you like the leaves. I, I like them too. So, the, <laughs> so that's why I leave for one week every year in October. I go look at the leaves, they fall, and I'm done. I'm back in town. <laughs> but so I've made, I've made good, right? Acts 13, 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, as they ministered to the Lord, spent time with him, then the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul. When you minister to the Lord, the Holy Spirit speaks. Through the fivefold, through you all. First Corinthians 12 says, The manifestation of the Spirit has been given to each one of you for the profit of us all. You have a manifestation of the Spirit inside of you. If you are born again, that's for us. And if you don't give it and you don't let it work out of you, we are going to be cheated from the manifestation, the outward working that we can see coming out of you. The manifestation of the Spirit has been given to all of us, it says. Each one of us for the profit of all the rest of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Well, what does that look like? The place was shaken. It doesn't necessarily mean that the wall, physical walls of the building were moving. It doesn't say that. It just says the place was shaken. That could look a lot of different a lot of different ways. I could say that our place was shaken. It was shaken. It's not the it's not the normal. What we what was happening is not the normal. Amen. We need to come in here every time we have service. And this is, this is Holy Spirit too. <coughs> Preaching the word, you need to rejoice. David says, I rejoiced in the word as of someone that were to gather great spoil. It's okay to go hallelujah. What would happen if I gave you a great treasure chest from the, the sunken pirate ship? Praise God. Here's all these gold doubloons. Turn them in. David said, I rejoice at your word as someone who has just collected great spoil. So when someone's in your midst going, hallelujah, praise God, God's revealing something to them. Why why is it that it's okay to let our, our emotional whatever we are, let it all out of the bag when we're outside of the four walls? At a football game, at the house, joy. But why is it that we have to be quiet when we come in here? Not in here, not in here. But you have people that have said that. I walked into a church. I went to the funeral of my neighbor. I walked in the church. I was a little bit late, so the doors were shut. And it said, worship in session. Be quiet. Please be quiet. No, it said, quiet, please. That's what it said. Quiet, please. Worship in session. And I thought, I'm going to just like um, scratch that out and go, shouts of joy, please. Worship in session. I'm like, oh my gosh, this church is really dead. Really dead, dead. Okay. What about the scripture, Mark 12, 30? And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. There was a lot of people loving God last night and the night before, not only with their heart, not only with their soul, not only with their mind, but with all their body, with all their strength. Well, what does that look like? If I was to exploit myself in a positive way to show you all my strength, what would that look like? You know, in a positive way. I don't like that word, but in a positive way. What would it look like? 
Well, when I'm dancing up here, I'm using all my strength. That's because I'm trying to get the fire out of my feet. (laughs) But the Holy Ghost comes on you and you get this strength that is like none other. It's supernatural strength. I feel like at that point in time, I, I could take Caleb down. You know what I mean? I mean, you're just so strong. You're so strong. And he comes on you and you're just like, I got to get rid of this. I got to release this. Okay. So there you go. So let's talk about something here. Let's talk about running. I'm just going to give you scripture. First Kings 18. Now this is not inside the church walls, but let's look at it. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. Now let me stop right there. In another, uh, passage or a translation, it says mighty strength from the Lord came upon Elijah. He girded up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Ahab was in a chariot with a bunch of horses. He says, it's going to rain and you need to get your horses hooked up to the chariot. And he, it says the hand of the Lord. Also, it says the mighty strength of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and he ran ahead. That is a, that is a instant, an instance of someone running in the spirit. He was running in the spirit because physically you cannot run faster than a bunch of horses hooked up to a chariot, right? There are times in a meeting when God starts depositing something in someone, they may not dance. They may just take off and run. Because the strength of God is hitting them, like Elijah. And they're just like, run, run. In one of Mark Hankins' meetings, he had a woman that got up and uh, just this Holy Ghost meeting. And actually, nobody else got up. He was preaching the word. He was just preaching the word. She got up, and and a lot of y'all wouldn't do that. Y'all wouldn't get up and run around the church when pastor's preaching. You're like, oh, no, I can't disrupt this service. But he was preaching like a house on fire. Nothing else was really happening. She... All of a sudden, she got it. She got it. And the strength of God filled her body. She ran around him and ran around the church over and over, fast, high speed, over and over and over and over. And at the end of the service, he went and asked her, what, and he found out, what happened to you? You know, what happened to you? Because that's really the only one. I don't know if other people got up, came behind her and ran. I don't know. But the point of the story is that she had just been diagnosed with six incurable diseases. And the power of God through the preaching hit her and it hit her body and she had to just, ah, and she started running and she was absolutely 100% cured of all six diseases. You don't know what's breaking off of you when you obey God. Being filled with the Spirit means you're going to see an outward if you'll let Him or you're just going to burn in your seat. Being filled with the Spirit, He's going to dump strength inside of you. And, and if it comes out in one person running, one person dancing, one person crying uncontrollable, it doesn't matter. It's coming out through through a vessel through their personality. Let them go. God's breaking something off them. He's healing somebody back at the ranch. He's bringing kids in that are off of drugs. Let God work in that person. So if, if someone starts running now, I wouldn't care because all of a sudden God, I just know God got on that person. Right? Amen. Amen. So that's just, that's just one scripture. So let's go to dancing, 2 Samuel 6, 14. David danced with all of his might before the Lord. David danced with all of his might before the Lord. Brought the Ark of the Covenant in, and he danced with all of his might. He danced unto the Lord. There is a dancing and a clapping and just having fun in music, and then there's when the Spirit of God comes on you. There is a spiritual dance. You know, just like I was talking about a minute ago. And let me just say this. Whether his dance, whether the Holy Ghost came on him or not, mm-hmm. he danced yes, he did. before the Lord before the with Lord. all his might. Yes. His wife looked out the window with contempt. Yeah. When he came up to the room, she said, I mean, she started ragging on him. Oh, look at you dancing out there. Blah, 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 with all the fair maidens, making an absolute fool of yourself. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing it. Yeah. 
But she came down on him pretty hard. Yes, she did. And God didn't like it. Right. She was barren. She never had a child. You, you, don't, you don't do that. No, you don't. When someone's doing something f- before the Lord, you don't come down, you don't judge them in your heart and go, look at them, I don't know what they're thinking. I was in a Mark Hankins meeting one time, and this girl was, under, she definitely was being touched by God. I could not deny that. But the way she was dancing, I wouldn't have danced. Okay? And I'm not even going to show you. <laughs> But, but it was so distracting to me because she was in front of me. Oh. I mean, she was wooing and swaying. And, and, but she, she, I think she, she'd come out of a bar lifestyle. Yeah. She had some moves. Okay. And, and she just moved that way when the Spirit of God came on her. I mean, it wasn't like bad, bad, but it was like, it was distracting to me. And I was laughing. I was like, oh my God, you know, but she's right in front of me. I just had to get her out of my picture. I moved to another part of the room. Listen, they just came out of the world. Yes, come on, and that's just, this just way her body moved and God got on her and, and, and don't judge someone like, what do they think they're doing? This is just excess. Oh, I'd rather have a little bit of excess that's not perfect and right than to throw away all the gifts of the Spirit, all the nine gifts, prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and people just being filled with joy. When the Holy Spirit fills you, you are going to, or you are not going to, but a lot of people, if we allow them to, are going to respond. So let them respond. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's really just a demonstration. It's just a response from joy being dumped on the inside of them. And they're just, it's just coming out. And it's strengthening them. Always look at that person and go, they're being strengthened right now. They're going through something and they need supernatural strength. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. I, I don't, I've never really laughed like some people laugh. You know what I mean? Where they just laugh and they laugh and they laugh. Except, except, really, except really one time. Except one time. And I'm going to tell you when it happened. It didn't happen in church. It happened in a very low time in my life. When I was blacking out almost, when I was, couldn't get out of bed, when I was crawling to the washing machine, when, when, when I was bedfast, EMT came out to my house nine times because I was having heart palpitations coming out of my chest. My left arm would go numb. My left leg would go numb. My back would have pain. Every symptom of a heart attack. <laughs> it's crazy. Every pain... Things would get paralyzed, my, my face, and just, it was weird. It was just weird. I just went through every symptom that a horrible, you know, heart patient or, or paralytic or who knows. And then every time I had some responsibility put on me, I mean, dumb, I mean, little things. What am I going to have for dinner? Just every time a thought would hit my mind of any kind of responsibility, things that you guys deal with every day, I would collapse to the ground. Oh, that was called severe adrenal fatigue. My adrenals couldn't stand up to the stresses that were coming to me because they had been shot. So when you wake up in the morning, your adrenals, you know, you've had time to rest and they rise as as the day gets lighter. So by 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in the morning, your adrenals are supposed to be at 4.0. At nighttime, they might be at 3-something, but in the morning, or 2, or 2.5, but they rise... So you have the energy to get out of bed. 4.0 is what you're supposed to be at. A healthy person. Most people aren't healthy, so who knows what everybody's at. But I was at, when I woke up in the morning at 7 o'clock, 0.04. I could have died, I guess, but I didn't. Thank God, you know. That's, that's just, basically you're not functioning. You're just not functioning. So it took hours for them to rise, even made a bit of one. And by the time 5 p.m. hit, I felt better. 
So I was up for a couple hours and then I was down again. So at that time, I called the EMT because something happened again. Whole mouth went dry. My tongue turned yellow. I couldn't, you know, breathe. I was just like, oh my God, now I'm really dying. You know, <laughs> called him out there again. And I got to tell you the story. Justin sitting at the dining room table eating cereal after school. Goes and greets the EMT. They come in. They're like, hey, you know, we got a call. You know, what's going on? He's like, oh, it's just my mom, but she'll be okay. Don't worry about it. And he sat back down and started eating his cereal again. I mean, he totally just like blew it off like, oh, it's okay. We've been through this before. My mom will be okay. Just go check her out. And he just started eating cereal again. Well, they came out and, you know, they're like, well, you're, you know, your blood pressure's good. They, they say all these things. You're really good. You're okay. Your heart beats up a little bit. Do you want to go to the hospital? No, I guess if my blood pressure's good, I'm not dying. If my heart's okay, okay. It was always the same way. I mean, I'm in horrendous pain. And, and nothing's coming up when they test me. Nothing. He's like, you're good. I'm like, okay. So I laid back down on the bed. And like three hours later, the Holy Ghost hit me. He just hit me. And he said to me, he said, because I was afraid the devil, I, I, the devil told me I was going to hell because I had just missed it way too bad. Wow. And then he said, the reason you know you're going to hell is because God's not healing you. He's not taking care of you. So he's, he's mad at you. You're going to hell. You've missed it. Wow. There's some other family members that were mad at me at that time. You know, so it just all kind of compounded on. And I was stressed out about that. So here's the go. I, the Lord spoke to me. Everyone had left the house. And he said, how do you know about the devil? I said, from the Bible? He says, exactly. You know him from my word. If you believe that piece of scripture about the devil that you know where it is, he says, why don't you believe John three sixteen? For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes what you do shall not perish. Why don't you believe that? He says, the only reason you know about the devil is because I told you about him. When he said that, he gave me a flashback of Justin going, she's okay. Keep eating the cereal. I don't know. It just struck me funny. And I laughed and I laughed. I laughed uncontrollably for two hours. It was from the Holy Ghost. And everything became funny. The devil became funny. I mean, it's just like, it's just, I saw my victory over him. And I just laughed. I have never laughed like that ever again. But it was at a time when I needed it. And actually, that laughter is what energized my body. I started healing from that point. So, praise the Lord. Leaping, Acts 3.8. Put that up there. Leaping, Acts 3.8. I didn't write this one down. So he, leaping up, so Peter prayed for a man right there outside the temple gates. And he said, look on us. He looked on him. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he rose up and walked. And it says, so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple, entered the church house with them doing what? Walking leaping and praising God. So he was doing this. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Woo, I'm healed. That's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. He was excited. He was full of joy. He didn't say, let me tell y'all, I have a praise report. I was just outside the gates and Peter prayed for me and now I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. No, he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. If you see someone leaping around here and praising God, it's a good thing. If you see us doing nothing, it's a bad thing. <laughs> Shouting, here we go. Luke 10, 19, 21. I know a pastor went over this with you. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I love this verse. Over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you are hurting in anywhere in your body, your mind, your soul, you have power over that. Because Jesus said, nothing, nothing nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
That sharp pain that comes to you in the night. You speak to that pain. You don't have to know what it is. You don't have to know what the doctors named it. You don't have to know how rare or unrare it is. You don't have to go online and look it up. It's a pain. Literally, it's a pain. He said, I have given you the authority to trample on this. Over all the, power. all the power. Serpents and scorpions is one of them, one thing. But he said now he covered it all. Yeah. He covered all his bases. Over all the power of the enemy. And yeah. nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. If you're hurting, take authority over it. Yes. When something hurts me, I take authority over it and the root cause of it. I may not know the root cause, but I take authority over it and the root cause. Mary Fran taught me that. And it works. Amen. So let's go on. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven and that word rejoice means to leap and to spin with great joy it means that in the Hebrew to spin and to leap with great joy because that's what right praise God amen praise God but Jesus said don't rejoice in that because the disciples and said look what we can do He said, don't rejoice in that. He said, rejoice rather because your names are written in heaven. And then it says, and Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. And in in the Hebrew, it says, he spun, leapt. He rejoiced. He was filled with great joy. Other translations, read them. He was filled with great joy. Well, what does that look like? I'm happy. I am filled with great joy. Please. Please. That was free. Woo! Come on! Come on! Amen! Praise God! Good Lord, if we can't be happy here and full of joy, you're not going to be happy out there. Please. Really? If you can't be happy here and full of joy, and when the Spirit of God hits you, say, Hallelujah! Right? Praise God! Shouting Psalm 27, 6, Amplified. I don't think you got it. But it's great in the Amplified. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. If you can find that in the Amplified, that'd be great. But a sacrifice of joy. Offer a sacrifice of joy. Amen? Amen. Psalm 47, 1. Do you got that? Psalm 47, 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Why do y'all shout so much? Because we don't want to be dead. <laughs> That's why. I can't tell you how many times in, the, in Psalms it says, shout, 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 shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout joyfully. Sing out loud on your beds. Who sings out loud on their bed at night? Me. Psalm 98.4. Psalm 98.4. Psalm 98.4. Shout joyfully. Shout joyfully, not shout sadly, shout joyfully. To the Lord, all the earth, break forth in song, rejoice, spin and leap and sing praises. If you've never shouted in church, you need to. If you've never shouted at all unto God, you need to do it right now. It'll break something off you. Come on, let me hear it. Woo! Come on, shout! Woo! Hallelujah! Let's talk about laughter for a minute. Psalm 126.2. Psalm, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then they said among their congregation, their peeps, the Lord has done great things for them. Their mouth was filled with laughter. He will fill your mouth with laughter. He'll fill it. 
Because it says he turned the captivity of Zion. Well, he's turning your captivity. And you need to open your mouth and you need to praise him and say, Father, I thank you right now. You are turning my captivity. You are turning my captivity. And while I'm praising you here back at the ranch, you are bringing my kids out of depression. You're bringing them out of despair. You're bringing them out of the wrong path, putting them on the right path. While I'm praising God here back at the ranch, you're moving on my family. You're moving in my home. You're moving on my husband. You're moving in my children because I'm praising you and I'm thanking you and I'm letting you fill my mouth. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I shout unto you with a voice of triumph, with a voice of triumph. I praise you and I worship you and I give you glory because the Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Listen up. Listen up. You know, here's, here's the thing. If you don't know what to do in any given situation, God does not make this hard for you. If you don't know the ABCs of faith and you don't have all the steps correct and you're all confused about how to receive from God, just open your mouth and start praising him for every good thing, for every good thing he's done for you and whatever. If you don't know everything about his word, say, Lord, I want everything that your word has given me. Just lift up your voice and your hands and say, I want everything your word has given me. I receive it. It's for me. I receive it. I may not understand everything, but I accept it with my heart. Right? Some things may be a little confusing to my mind, but I accept all your goodness with my heart. When I was going through that time in my life, I was so confused. The devil had my mind all wrapped up in all kinds of stuff. But the minute I started praising God, all that stuff left. There are, there are, there are demons that can confuse you and, and, and really wrap themselves up if, if, if they'd like, you know, if you let them, you know, so if you start lifting your voice, the Lord told me one day in my house, he said, start giving me glory. Just say glory to God. That's what he said. Say glory to God. He says, I'll change the whole atmosphere of your home. I'll change it all around. And I just started walking through my house quietly at first. I feel good. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sit down in the chair. Glory to God. 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 Get up out of my chair. Glory to God. Woo! Glory. I mean, the strength of God would just fill me and just keep building. That's why when you're in a service like that, you worship God and just let him keep pouring into you. Amen. I told the kids at camp, I held children's camp overnight for 10 years. And the first night, because kids are easy. They haven't been taught a lot of junk. I told them the first night, I said, listen, we're going to get in here and we're going to honor God and we're going to love on Jesus and we're going to praise him. We're going to thank him because he's so good. And when, when we do that and when we sing to the Lord, the spirit of God, he's going to fall on you all. I knew that he's going to fall on you. And when he falls on you and he moves on you, you're all going to respond differently. Some of you are going to get on your knees and pray. Some, some of you are going to cry. Some of you are going to get full of energy and you're going to run around the room maybe, or you're going to lay, you know, lay on your belly, you know, your face prostrate towards God. And that's exactly what would happen. I said, don't be afraid of it. Just yield. Because the Holy Ghost wants to fill you up and he just wants you to yield to whatever energy he's putting on you. Because he wants to break things off of you and off your family and off your mommies and your daddies. He wants to heal homes. And then all of a sudden we'd start singing and God would fall. The the manifestation of the presence of God would fall on those kids. Sometimes I sang longer than others. I sang until he fell. You guys don't have the time to put up with that here. One night I sang for 45 minutes. I persevered until he fell. And when he fell, he fell. It's not, he, he was there. Is it their hearts needed, needed more water. He just needed more water that night. And the workers, you have a different mix of workers coming in and different things like that. But God will fall when you lift him up. 
He'll fall on you every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. You open up your arms and your heart to him. You, even if I don't do everything right or sing everything right, you sing to God. You say, God, I want all of you. And he'll fall on you even if I strike a wrong chord or sing a wrong note. He'll fall on you. Amen. Remember Kenny down there in the jailhouse, that guy with a little guitar? Pastor told him about the guy came in. He couldn't sing very well. He had a little guitar, and, and the power of God fell in the room. You know, and then and then was that the night where the where the the what the mission is that when the prostitutes were were touched by the power of God and they went rolling up and down the street like that? Yeah, yeah, because some little old this is not true probably, but I'm I'm just paraphrasing. Some little old snaggly tooth man. You know, who, who, who maybe don't know how to sing the greatest and maybe his guitar is half out of tune. He started singing something and the power of God fell all over those men and those women off the street. And then boom, God just moved all over that place. You don't have to have a drummer. I mean, good Lord, in America, we have to really have a nine-piece band and get the music rolling for everybody to get excited about worshiping Jesus. In Africa, those, those churches and congregations, they don't have any instruments no. except their hands, yeah. and they clap, and they clap, and they worship, and they worship, and they worship until the pastor gets up and rings the bell on the stage and says, the problem with y'all is y'all don't know when to stop. <laughs> and the problem with America is you don't know when to start. Oh. They literally will sing until the pastor shuts them up. Yeah. Oh, what if I did that? I could try it. Right, Tanya? She's down. Are you down? There you go. Yeah, you do. You got a whole book of music. Let me tell you what happened last night. I mean, Monday night. Now, let, let's, I, I sent, I'm, I'm going to have someone come up and share a minute. But I sent someone this this, this morning, and I want to read this to you. Um, let me see if I can find it. We were talking about the things of the spirit and here's what I said, because they were trying to understand some things and, um, about what happened. And I said, yes, many times your physical actions will mirror what's happening on the inside. And sometimes moving out in the physical first opens a door to the, to the reaching forth to the greater things in the spirit. It can go both ways. Those lepers said, why do we sit here until we die? What, what, if we, if we, if we stay here, we know we're starving. If we run to the the enemy's camp, we, we might be killed, but we know there's no food here. We know there's nothing for us here. So let's run and see what might happen. And they ran and spirit of God ran before them and the angels and slaughtered everybody and they got all the spoil. So I didn't know Tanya was going to be here tonight, but I was going to tell this story. So it's kind of cool that she walked in. But I was sitting here, and she was sitting here, I think. And uh, this was Monday night, and nobody was running. No, it was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. Nobody was running. They were just singing, I'm not a slave anymore, I think, to my flesh, or I'm not a slave anymore. I was sitting here, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to grab Tanya and I want you to run with her around the church because I want her to run into her future that I have for her. I want her to run into the bright destiny that I have for her. I want her to run into the new life that I have for her. I want her to reach forth into it. You know, and I thought, well, she doesn't look like she's really in the running mood right now. <laughs> I mean, she was fine. She was just clapping, you know. I didn't see any outward manifestation of a lightning bolt hitting her and her dancing in the Holy Ghost, you know, which I like to see. But um, I, so I kept clapping a little more, and he said it again. I want you to take her by the arm, and I was the first runner. I, I, don't, I don't really do that unless I'm really feeling it. That's me. But he said, I want you to help her run into what I have for her. So I did. And I, and I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that she felt anything when we ran around the room, but that's what God said for me to do. And I realized enough that when he speaks to me like that and I just push it down, it comes back stronger and I start feeling like, 
oh, God, I need to obey you. And I do it. And I do it. And if she thinks I'm a fruitcake, I don't care. I just obeyed God. But later, I don't know whether it was that night or the next night, I mean, she was just up here worshiping God. God was, God was on you at some point, talking to you, moving on you, speaking her language. So, but, but that's what he told me. I want you to run her into her future and to what I've got for her. Run her into it now. Run her into that bright path that I have for her. That's all he said. I'm like, okay, here we go. So now he's telling me something in the spirit about her and he's wanting now us to step out in the natural without a feeling. But he did speak to my heart. Because I wouldn't, I don't normally just pick someone and just, hey, let's go run. I don't, I don't do that. Other people may do it, but I don't do it. But he told me to do it. Amen. Amen. Amber, come on up here. Can I have that black mic? Where is it? Oh, it, it blended into the chair. So um, I just asked Amber, you know, to just come up here. Because I saw God all over her. And I just turned off the mic. I saw God all over her. And I don't know whether that was her first time. I think it, it could have been her first time. Just definitely my first time. Oh, okay. Being filled with the spirit. And um, I just wanted her to share. Well, I have one bar, so I'll, I'll grab her the yellow mic if I have to. I just wanted you to share a few things. You don't have to get detailed or personal or any of that. Just in a way to say, what was, what was God doing in you? You're, you're running like crazy and laughing and crying. <laughs> I, I'd like to know what, how, the feeling of God, what was happening to you. Um, I'm still figuring that out. And I know I'm going to continue figuring that out. Um, and that's what's so awesome about what happened. But, you know, I, we had the women's retreat and I was so excited to get up and talk about just dancing in my seat. And I, you know, said nonchalantly, maybe this weekend will be the weekend that I'm going to run around. (laughs) And, you know, because when I was dancing, God was happy that I was just being obedient and dancing and he'd already given me a vision to run and I wasn't ready to dance, let alone to run, but he was already giving me that next step just when I was being obedient and the first thing that he asked me. So that's just so awesome. But God is so much more real than what we give him credit for. He's just so much more real. Yeah, he is. He's so big. You know, um, Zach wanted to sit in the front and it annoys me when he wants to sit in the front because... (laughs) The lights bother me. Um, It's hotter in the front. So, but, you know, the weekend, having the women's retreat, just, it all built onto each other. And that Monday night, I came with a spirit of expectation. And I had ran on Sunday, and I was just running in faith. Because I was like, you know what? This is my opportunity to run, so I'm going to run. But I didn't really feel anything happening. Um, Monday night when I ran, I didn't really feel that much happening. But Daryl kept laughing. Um, Pastor Daryl kept laughing. And I was looking at him, and I was laughing at him. I wasn't really, like, laughing, with you know, with him. I was just, I was <laughs> laughing because it was just so funny for me. And then he was getting closer to me. And in my head, my flesh was like, don't get closer to me because, you know. And then my spirit was like, well, I kind of want to laugh a little bit. I want to experience that, you know, because I'm watching all these other people get touched. And I feel like we all have these moments when we're watching it happen. You're, you're wanting that person to come speak to you or you're wanting them to touch you. Um, but what I didn't realize is that he was going to touch me and that I was going to break out in laughter so much. And that was just the start of it. That was just the start of it. And then I got up and then we were singing that last song. And what you were saying about how, you know, your spirit will just yield. I was acting 100% out of spirit. And I never, I didn't think that was possible. You know, I thought that that was what it was going to be like in heaven. But the glory of God is capable here on earth. Yes. You know, you can operate 100% in spirit here on earth. You don't have to wait to get to heaven for that to happen. And I could just feel the presence of God falling in that place when everybody got quiet. And it was like my body just fell and my face hit the ground. It was like I just was, my spirit was just bowing 100%. And then I got up 
and I really don't know what was going on. My, I, I could not control it. Um, and early in the service, there was a pastor's wife, and I remember them from when Mary Fran was here. She was dancing all crazy, and, and you know, in the back of my head, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. And then I did it. And I did it so many times after that. And I was just, you know, and I knew people were watching me, but I didn't care what anybody thought. I didn't care. And I was just... I was so drunk, and I had no idea that it felt like that. I had no idea that it was like that. And what is so awesome is that God changed me, and he's going to change me the next time I get drunk in the Spirit, and the next time I get drunk in the Spirit, and something else is going to happen. And I'm just so excited because... I'm changed now just from that one moment. I mean, there's a freedom in me. There is a joy inside of me. You know, when I laugh now, like I laugh and it's just a different laugh than it was before. So I'm excited and I can't wait for, you know, I'm addicted. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm addicted. 